You are listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome and thanks for coming out on this chilly uh, lunchtime afternoon. Uh, my name is Adia and I'm the curator of the public programs of Asia Topa. And um, I'm very grateful for presenting this talk in partnership with uh, M Pavilion. Um, and let me start with acknowledging that um, we're gathering on the land of the Yalukut Willem. Um, and they are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today. And uh, Yalukut Willem are part of the Boon Wurrung, one of the five major language groups of the Greater Kulin Nation. And we pay our respects to their lands, their ancestors and their elders, past, present and to the future. So today's talk is part of the Asia Topa takeover of the M Pavilion during the lunchtime. We started yesterday with our first talk with Benjamin Law and we continue until the 15th of March. Um, so throughout this month you will uh, get to meet um, a lot of our very unique guests uh, that are presenting at Asia Topa. And today I'm very happy to be talking to uh, director Camilla Andini and dramaturg uh, Adina Jacobs um, about the, their intercultural collaboration for the scene and unseen. Um, just a little bit about the scene and unseen. It's a theater dance production produced by Performing Lines in conjunction with Four Colors Films. Comunitas Bumi Basra and Comunitas Salihara in Jakarta. And it was co-commissioned by Esplanade and Asia Topa. And it just opened last night at Victorian College of the Arts and it's still running until the 29th of February. So please go get your tickets <laughs> if you have not seen it yet and, um, uh, and enjoy the show. But um, I'll first introduce you to the speakers of today. So first, Camilla Andini, born in Jakarta. And um, she's back here because she studies sociology and media arts here at Deakin University. Um, her concern of social culture, gender equality, and environmental issues lead her passion in filmmaking and gives her a very distinctive perspective in, um, of storytelling. And her first feature film, The Mirror Never Lies, was screened in more than 30 festivals around the world and received uh, some awards. And her second feature film, The Seen and Unseen, uh, premiered at Toronto International Film Festival last year and also got a number of awards, including the Grand Prix International Jury Prize at Berlinale Generation K+. Um, our second speaker of today, Adina Jacobs, um, is the artistic director of independent company Fraud Outfit. Uh, she was a resident director at Belvoir in 2014-2015 and she was the female director in residence at Malthouse Theatre in 2012. Uh, last year she made her UK operatic debut um, directing Strauss's Salome for the Eno at London's Coliseum and uh, her production of the Howling, the Howling Girls was presented as part of Tokyo Festival World Competition in October last year. Uh, so please welcome Camilla Nadina. So glad to have you here after the opening night. So congrats yes. on the show. Thank you. Very nice to <laughs> be tired. <laughs> I'm sure you're a bit tired now. <laughs> so thanks uh, all the more for coming out. Um, so I thought like today, maybe we can talk a little bit about the, um, the, the artistic cultural, uh, artistic collaboration 
between the two of you and perhaps um, Camilla, for those of you, for those uh, in the audience who don't uh, know that much about the scene and unseen, maybe you can explain a little bit about um, um, what the scene and unseen is about. Well, it's a long answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the scene and unseen is actually a, play, uh, a dance theater piece based on my second feature film. Um, uh, basically, the story is around uh, it's it's a piece about death and life, life and death, um, about the two twin uh, twin sister and brother whose experience um, one one of another one one of them is sick and then experience um, dying. But um, the scene in Nansen is actually about a philosophy in Bali. We call it Skala Niskala. Um, and in English, it's actually the scene in Nansen. It's about uh, a philosophy about that Balinese belief that their life tends to accept and t tends to hug everything that is good and also the bad things and also the good thing in life. So um, in here, I tried to I tried to search on the connections, um, the beliefs that we have, how we pursue life, how we see things in life, and and trying to portray a lot of things in this two between world. I think. That's a little bit about it, and uh, the piece working together with a community, a children community in Bali called Bumi Bajra. So the six dancers they're all um, in between twelve to fifteen years old, um, and and yeah, they were actually also in the film. So the main cast is actually the main cast of the film as well. The film was released five years ago, so they they grows up until now. And we all actually been here, been in this project together since 2011. So we've been in a decade together exploring the subject. Um, yeah, so we actually uh, saw your film earlier this week, uh, The Seen and Unseen, and now you just opened the, this, the, the theater work. Um, what was it that you uh, that you wanted to turn the film into a stage work? Well, um, uh, I used to dance when I was a kid, and I think the uh, performance dancing has always been as an Indonesian. It's always been in our our daily life. It's been it's always been part of the ceremonies. So I always interested in that. But as a filmmaker, I know that. Um, Film is uh, my medium to to express, um, and then when I make the scene and unseen, um, it it contains movements, a lot of movements in the film. It's actually not by purpose, but during the process, because what I talk about something that is not describable, it's not verifiable. So at, there is some point when I write the script that I need to have other kind of expression to talk about these things that is not, I, I cannot even describe it, it's a feeling. So when I met the Yuani, the choreographer and the, the, uh, the community, I was like, I think I need to have this element in, in the film, um, element of movement, of, of dance that I, uh, I feel like it could say what I want to say uh, without being very descriptive or very verbal on it. So the film has a lot of 
a lot of dance and movements in it. Although I, at that time, I didn't think it will be turned into something else other than movie. So after the movie release, um, one of the producer, Jala, came to me and you, did, didn't you think to make a dance theater out of this? Um, a theater or any kind of performance out of this? Well, I made an art installation out of the the subject before, but I never think about a, uh, a performance. But when I see the kids, when I see the choreographer, I know that they have this potential that it's more than what I what I portrayed in the film. I mean, in the film, they come into my world like they come into my medium, but they're actually performers, they're not actors and actresses. Um, so when, when I see them, I think like if I do this, like I want to see more of them. I think that's why I make the performance. I want to see more of them. I want them to have more space than what I gave them in the film. Um, and it's actually what, who they are, performers. So when that question came to me, I was thinking like, it's gonna be interesting to, to actually now the other way around, like I came to their world this time and then let them do what they actually usually do for every day since they were kids. So that's when it started. And then I came to Ashiotopa um, lab in how many years ago? Two years ago. 2018, yeah. Yeah, and then I met Adina, and I met Eugene, the scenographer um, over there. So then the collaboration started. Yeah. So maybe this is a question for both of you. Like, how did the, this collaboration, like, how did you get to meet, and uh, how did the collaboration develop from there? From, because I remember that we all met during the, the lab in 2018 and, and but how did you two, was it like um, like a setup? <laughs> it, it sort of was like a setup. Stephen Armstrong emailed me and he said, uh, who's the, uh, who runs Asia Topa and said, I have a secret project to talk to you about. And then I met with him for coffee and he said, secret revealed. And he um, gave me the link to Camilla's film and, and talked a little bit about the project, but not a huge amount, just basically said, watch this. Um, this is an artist I'd like you to meet and to collaborate with. And, um, you know, when we met at the lab, it was very, very early days of um, listening to Camilla's ideas about what she wanted to make, uh, you know, what her visions for the piece were, um, what kind of, you know, we introduced um, Camilla to Eugene and to Jen Hector, the lighting designer, to think about how a collaboration with designers might work from Australia. And it was just very a kind of um, from our from our end a sort of um, just sort of stepping a toe into this world which um, you know as time developed we got to understand more and more um, you know as you say not only had you all been collaborating since 2011 but the um, the performers have been working with Dayu really since they were born this is a very um, it's an ongoing process that we we're entering into. So it was a fascinating um, experience for us. But yes, we were match made in, in that way. And I think it's a very um, open and generous and um, challenging thing to do in a way to bring new people into a space that actually is such an intimate one and very close to Camilla and to Dayu in many ways. Um, 
Anyway, there's, mu there's a lot to say about all of it, but that's kind of, that was the beginning from our end. Yeah, as in for me as well. Um, well, I've been writing the, the idea since 2011. I remember when I released the movie, it was like seven years until it's done. It's made. I, at that time, I actually wanted to move on like from this place because it's all, like it's been in my head for seven years and I'm writing another f another movie right away after that because I told to the producer Eva also like I want to move on from this subject so when actually that I came here with the theater because I didn't expect that I will make this I felt like okay then it's something like the universe said I, do, I cannot move on with this one I have to go into a process which is actually um, is interesting because as well the, the philosophy is very deep like you actually never never go to the bottom of it so you kept on growing with it and keep, keep the process so when I one of the things that I like to do when I make even film as well is also collaboration and that's what I'm always looking forward especially for the pieces that I've been writing for long times because I've been always been with myself for such a long time and, and it's not actually really good. Um, um, so collaboration somehow gave me different things. Like I have people to discuss, to see it from other things, people who... Because um, I always feel when, when we create something, distance is very important. You cannot be very close, but you cannot also very far from it with the subject. So collaboration somehow create that that sort of imbalance of distance. Like some uh, some people can be really close, some people can be really distant. But that what create um, the balance, I think. So Stephen introduced me to Adina. Uh, I also saw, not really see it, but um, I saw some of her works. And I met Jen and Eugene, who also works with them. I think I felt like, um, even when it's different medium, it's film and theater, but it's sort of what, how we create. I like to create things organically somehow. And the way I can see that also in, in Adina's work. So um, I said to Stephen, like, I think, I think it, it has some sort of, um, same vision and connection also so what, from what um, I saw. So yeah, we started to talk and everything and yeah, it just go like that. Like that. I mean, it's interesting. I think when I watched the film for the first time, on some level I understood why Stephen had asked me to do it and that I watched and I thought there's something about this film that I kind of intrinsically understand both about the... Um, I don't know about the core relationship of the siblings and the way that played out somehow in the film, the metaphor of that, and also the, the way that Camilla uses space and nonverbal language in the film, which is something I'm also very interested in. There's in probably quite different ways a, an interest in um, trying to express things that are outside of language or hard to, hard to describe or um, these sort of subterranean worlds that exist under the world that we, we live in um, in different ways. But I, I think on some level I felt like there was, you know, there's definitely the simpatico, but as time's gone on, I think what's been revealed more and more is obviously the kind of the very deep cultural layers of the, of the film that are even probably more on the surface of, the, of this um, 
production in some way because, as you say, it's it's sort of a direct expression from from the kids, um, and that was something which was very much outside of my realm and, and not something that I knew very much about. So it was sort of this um, yeah this dual thing of on some artistic level in terms of process and um, and form and um, a kind of I guess inhabiting a feminine a feminine space. Um, as well, and a sort of dream logic, and you know, lots of things where I, I thought, oh, cool, you know, <laughs> so I just went, oh, that's really, that's really exciting to um, be introduced to an artist's work who who you don't um, know but feel quite close to. But then also, like, you know, and Eugene will be able to speak to this too. The layers upon layers of um, of meaning, which I still feel like even after two years. It, maybe I'm at the surface of, you know, there's just more and more and more, and so that's. Yeah, in some ways very close, in some ways very far from the material, which was interesting. Yeah, so you say the, in, the closeness and the distance. Yeah, I think um, it sounds like a very ambitious and very challenging project, um, very exciting and inspiring indeed. And I was actually wondering about this, these cultural layers that you mentioned, like because um, there's so many sort of like new elements to this work. This is the, your first work, like a performance work, and then for you, I don't know, Maybe it was uh, the first time that you turned a film into a, a performance, a stage work. Um, to what extent were these... Um, I guess I have so many questions at the same time. <laughs> But maybe let's start, like how did you start unpacking all these different layers and how did you start uh, working, yeah, turning this film into um, a performance work? Like how, how, how did you do it in practice? Like you said, like, yeah, and then we just went like you just go but like how do you go from you know an idea a concept to into really turning it into a, a different medium um well actually um, what is always been interesting for me is like uh, the different kind of expressions that i know that i couldn't do also in film i mean in film i know that it's in film everything has to be based on reality somehow because it's a medium that that actually made to portray reality so everything has to be real real feel real even if it's not like yeah you you work based on scenes and settings and you created like life actually but but what's interesting what exciting for me was like to express in in different kind of things of that. Um, in the beginning, um, because yeah, performing, uh, performance, art, uh, theater, dance, everything also one of the things that I like to, uh, to watch um, and enjoy. So in the be since the beginning, it, what, it was actually already a bit narrative, yeah, because it's based on, on film. But then how to express um, all the, all the parts of the narrative. Um, I remember um, there are things that um, very useful for me um, because Adina also watch a lot of movies and she also fan of the movies as well, the cinema. Um, she kept like saying, you can actually make shots also in, in, in the stage. Like it's like a close up and things like that. And for me, Ah, then I remember, I think it's during the workshop, we sort of like discussing about shots and 
the diff yeah the different kind of shots in in film in but it's actually feel the same like to create close ups and uh, things like that and it's it's really exciting for me to to still think in that mothers but to express it in in different way with lighting and with with the help of um, the other uh, with the setting the lighting and everything and it's actually possible to create cinema in in <laughs> in theater so um, that's actually then what I kept in mind that even there is no projectors and film but I can create cinema in in the stage um, so that's that's actually what we've been doing then, yeah, with all the elements, like how to create this. If you want to see it close or wide or uh, those kind of things and how to express this and what, how to express that. I think that's a little bit, yes. There's so much to talk about, isn't there, <laughs> this question. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, within my own work as a director, I I've, I've, have adapted a number of films um, for the stage and so maybe... Um, yeah, part of that, the thinking that happened in those projects, you know, you know we sort of, we spoke about in those early days. But it, it, what's interesting maybe about this um, as an adaptation is it feels to me not so much as an adaptation of the film um, to stage, but more a kind of, um, it's like it kind of goes into the core of the film and creates something new um, from the performers. Um, it's like the kind of underlayer of the film that we then, um, that that is then presented on stage. So actually the form and medium is really different. But then once we've been in the theatre working with, with the scenography and the lighting compositionally, it feels like the kind of, um, yeah, Camilla's eye as a director, um, that process of creating these visual frames and landscapes, you know, it starts to come into play in a really exciting way. And, you know, of course we all think if only we had much longer <laughs> in those spaces all the time. You know, if it's, it's a... It's um, such a big part of the work is the, uh, the visual composition. Um, yeah. One of the things that we I adapt a lot is that the because in the film the main character is the kid, the twin, and then the ghost children was like have only a little part on it. But I love these characters actually, but this is just a bit hard to create their story in the film. So that's why in the theater. I put more space to them mm -hmm. as well. But it's true that the work is actually never, <laughs> never actually finished. Never, <laughs> never, never actually, done. actually done up until now. Um, You've reminded me of something as a sort of a tangent, but I think um, Camilla was very strict that the, the theatre work should really bear no reference to the film um, in a visual sense. And we were very attached to the film and there's incredible moments that really linger in your mind, um, incredible visual moments. And we'd go, well, you've already solved this problem. Why don't we just do it like that? You've done it perfectly before. <laughs> and um, the challenge of this work that was set was to create something new, which captured the essence of it and could go deeper into some layers of it um, or focus on other areas of the, of the myth. Um, but it, yeah, you were very uh, adamant that it wouldn't yeah, pertain to the film. Yeah, because it's very different. Like, as maybe I haven't mentioned this before, one of the things that I play, that I explore around in the film and also in the, in the film was like, what is realism and surrealism? Because... 
I felt I made that film because I felt like um, in Indonesia the reality of Indonesia, the reality of Bali, Bali is very surreal. So I, in the film, I tried to catch surrealism in the reality, like really in the reality. So I, I put things in the reality to create sort of surrealism. But it. But in theater, it doesn't work like that. I mean, the place is already surreal. Like, if you put surreal, then it's, it's even more surreal. So, it's just like 180 degrees different time. So, even when it's already worked in the film, I felt like the medium is different. It doesn't work like that, doesn't connect like that. It has to be something new, like something new approach to, to see surrealism and realism somehow. Um, I think that's the thing because, uh, yeah, the texture is very mm -hmm. different as well, yeah. yeah. It's very different. Um, and maybe an important part of the process to, to um, think about too is the way that um, initially Camilla had written a kind of treatment, I suppose, of the story which was then um, given to Dayuani, the choreographer, to kind of start working on these um, moments. Um, and so it's, you know, it was sort of both being translated through choreography in a very deep way with the kids and then um, via design and dramaturgy with um, an Australian team. So both of those um, things were happening simultaneously and then, and then together and increasingly together and together as it, it progressed. But... Um, this core story was being um, yeah, interpreted in a way in two different countries <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting actually. And and I wanted to talk more about these these different cultural layers that that you've been mentioning both. And of course, and especially since the the whole concept of of Sakala Niskala is such a is basically the whole basis for for the work. Like, how did that? Yeah, how did that pan out in, in, in the different working realities and, and also the understanding and conceptualization of the work in, in an intercollab intercultural collaboration like this? Mm. <laughs> Eugene, do you want to say well, something maybe about I, Or Camilla first? Okay. Then, then Eugene, please. Okay, sure. Because uh, one of the thing, one of the challenge of the project is like, I cannot even describe Scala I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'm a person to describe everything. Like, about it, it's something that is inside and you cannot actually describe things. So, so that's actually the challenge of the collaboration as well. I cannot really, like, tell what it is, what it is. Like, it's about experiencing, it's about seeing, it's about feeling and understanding in a different way as a different way than just, you know, telling them this is what and what and what. But um, that's why it's been a long time. It's like two years for, for us. And, and they came to Bali for several times. I don't know if, it's, if it helps <laughs> or not. But yeah, but it's... Like I need that process of of um, experiencing and understanding um, and connecting in a different way than just explaining. Sort of like it just doesn't work if it's based on explanations. I think. Can Can Eugene have a mic? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, as, as you were saying, there, there are a lot of um, cultural layers to unpack. And um, I don't know where I should sit. <laughs> and yes, it, you know, we, we didn't go into it um, pretending that we knew everything or anything at all. And I think it, it, it did really help um, to have a lot of time and a few developments, uh, particularly in, in situ in Bali, uh, because we needed to um, understand what this energy is. It's not about a visual. It's not about um, something um, that you can research online. It's um, it's something that you kind of just have to experience. And it was it came this 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 energy um, that you speak about. Um, this surrealism, this, um, at, at one point we kind of like toyed with this idea of magic realism, but it, um, it's hard to speak about, um, but I think ultimately we, we felt a bit of it. Um, and this, this feeling and sensation is what, um, yeah, for, for me personally, what sort of contributed to, um, you know, the, the, my um, contributions to the work as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, how would you describe like this feeling or sensation that you? Is <laughs> just wondering, you know, like um, like how can this be shared with like the audience? Like, how can you at least maybe describe a feeling or a sensation that you feel like you've experienced? Um, um, well, I, I guess the this is the this is the question. <laughs> this is you know, like how do you? Um, how do you show this in the work and commun uh, and have the work as a tool of communication to the audience? Um, I think uh, what came through um, quite clearly, well, not quite clearly. What came through ultimately um, is that you know Camilla was saying a lot um, that it has to, the set, particularly, has to be natural and tangible. And I think, I mean, it, you know, like you say that and you're like, you have various thoughts of what it could be, but it's about, you know, being, you know, experiencing. Um, I remember when one day, one night we were, we had dinner by the beach and then we went walking on the beach. Um, and um, and, and so we, we realized that there was this black dog that was tra um, walking towards us very quickly. And then he came to us and then, he barked very loudly at me, and um, it was quite a shocking experience. And then it, it just left. Um, and then I, I told Camilla afterwards about it, and, and you said that it, you know that it is part of the belief that sometimes, can I mean I don't want to, uh, yeah, that people can become. Yeah, in, in Bali there's some also because the scene announcer also talk about two different worlds like the worlds of the scene and the worlds of fan scene as well. And these magical, mystical also feelings that come in everyday little things, life in... And Indonesia is very like this. Like This is why a lot of people are very superstitious because that there is very thin layers of like real or is mystic or it's not real. Uh, so it's very... And actually, yeah, a lot of black dogs not ev not always and not every time. <laughs> um, we we have um, like creatures as well, like um, people who can turn into animals, um, and yeah, those kind of things. So 
could be not a real dog. A dog might have been a person. But um, I mean, the, it's, yeah, it is sort of hard to describe these developments, but I guess what I can say is it's not the kind of creative developments that I suppose we'd been used to in an Australian context, which usually comprise of sitting in a room and discussing ideas and looking at imagery and um, and then working with performers, sometimes in very organic and, and loose ways. Um, you know, not not too dissimilar to the kind of feeling of the rehearsal room in Bali. Um, but it's very much takes place um, in in a rehearsal room of some kind. And I, I think, you know, as you say, it was experiential. We, um, Eugene and Jen and I arrived in Bali. Um, yes, not not knowing much yet. We had obviously met at Asia Topa, but feeling very new and then um, uh, Camilla and Ifa, her partner, called and said, um, we'll pick you up tomorrow morning. Uh, a bus will come and pick you up tomorrow morning. Um, we're going to a funeral um, because uh, Dayuani, the choreographer's husband's grandmother, had passed away um, and we'd like you to come. And we thought, oh my God, what, this, is, this is very, <laughs> um, it's quite unbelievable. And um, we got, you know, we drove to sort of many hours to this place and it was incredible. So generously we were invited into this most extraordinary ceremony. I had never been to a, um, a funeral ceremony like this with hundreds of people and offerings um, and, yeah, very surreal, um, kind of incredible um, sort of uh, images and objects that people were holding. And we, yeah, we joined this procession of, of people um, with this woman, you know, being taken to this, you know, walk down the street and um, we watched the ceremony of her being burnt and um, people were in a very, uh, quite a um, beautiful, open, celebratory sort of mood with music and um, some of you may have experienced this before but we certainly had it and it was, on many levels, it was quite extraordinary and an insight into what this process would be which was, it's more than a show. Um, it's, it's about um, entering a community um, entering a way of seeing the world, um, entering this energy, being invited. We met Dayu, the choreographer, there at the funeral, and she was just like, hello, nice to meet you. And it was like quite um, such an intimate space and also such a communal public space at the same time. Um, and also uh, the theme of death is so embedded in, in the work, in the film, and in, and in the show. And so, too, it was, you know, about Camilla and Dayu saying, we, we actually need you to... Um, have a glimpse of of uh, what this um, yeah what this means in Bali and some of the um, the traditions and customs and and um, understanding visually how color is so important and uh, oh, so many so many aspects of it and it, but that was the first morning of our of our development <laughs> and so it was really disorientating in the most wonderful way where we just realized straight away that we couldn't. Uh, we just had to go. We had to just enter and, and just be in. And then later that afternoon, we went to the rehearsal room, which um, the um, performers from Bhumi Bajra um, rehearsed outside. And we arrived, um, and they were all meditating and doing yoga, which is the beginning of their practice. And Eugene and I, um, as part of my company, Fraud Outfit, um, have worked a lot with young people in Australia, and we're used to walking in and kids, you know, crying and I want to play this game and first aid kits and just <laughs> chaos after school and it's just sugar high and all of that. Even though they're incredible performers, it's just wild and loose. And then we walked into this this space where, um, yeah, these 
this um, practice was deeply embedded in the bodies of these very young performers in an incredible way. And so that was day one. Um, and, you know, on and on from there. Wow, that sounds very intense, but incredible. really, really beautiful. Yeah. Maybe, uh, Camilla, maybe you can speak a little bit more about um, your work with the community, Bumi Bashra. Like, how did you get to know them? And um, how did they, um, how did the performance influence the way in which the, the work has, has been shaped? Um, well, I know them quite a long time since I was still studying here in Melbourne. I think I already know them. Uh, me and Dayani sort of, um, yeah, know each other. I know that she's a choreographer, performers in Bali, but I really came to Bali actually at that time. So the first time I, was, I met her again after a while is in 2009. And... Um, at the time, I already write. Uh, I already have ideas for the scene and the scene, um, but I haven't write it. And I saw her. I know her, the story of her and her family since before, since before that, since 2005 or something. Um, so she came from a family. Her her father is actually one of a maestro in Bali. Uh, she came in a family of artists, like the whole, the whole family is uh, an artist that actually brings um, the belief of the father. So, uh, and I always been fascinated with this family because they're just so disciplined and very, you know, it's like the Fon Trap family of Bali, I think. Um, <laughs> really, they just, they can do anything and they really, uh, they they have a very different kind of process and approach than other Balinese because they are they are um, Hindu Buddhist, so it's not only Hindi. Um, so they practice yoga and also music and like the father belief, um, like body. It's a culture that you have to build since you're a kid. That's why they're very focused on teaching children. So I fascinated the way they put they they put music and then poems and alphabets and movements into the into bodies, like by breathing, by connecting to the to the nature, to the universe, by doing, you know, practicing every, every day, making everyday life is part of your, your, your discipline of, of work, your, your body and mind. I don't know if I describe this well, it's quite hard to, to describe as well, but they have this thing, this thing that for me, um, very touchy, like, it's very connected to everything, to their belief, to the spirit of the the knowledge, to the spirit of the culture and the spirit of um, art itself. So I'm um, in 2009. I saw the you making this piece of chicken fight, um, and I think like. Um, this is very real, but surreal at the same time. And then they actually make 
the performance in the chicken fight place. So it's sort of like a gambling place in Bali. Usually, it's quite often they make a chicken fight and they they gamble, and it's very uh, a man's world, like all kind of madnesses over there. So instead of chickens, we see two kids dancing and fighting over there with the real people like shouting on them. So it, it, it was really something that I kept it in mind. So when I actually write Sina 19, I thought of that, that um, I, it makes me realize that ev- every movement in, in, in Indonesia's dances is actually comes from the nature. Like the way our body bend, the way our eyes goes and everything is actually comes from the the movement of the nature itself and I just realized how much we are actually very connected with it so this is the start of uh, of the scene and scene and how I collaborate uh, with the Yuani so that's true like for example the kids when you, the first time you see the kids you felt like they can do anything they're like very professional and they're very very they the 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 um there are many movements that you can do but what people don't know the first time they see them it's they also a character that already built for many years so even even when when they're so good but they have their own rhythm they have their own character that that's already in their but and that sometimes me as a creator also, also everyone was trying to make something new out of it but we but it's what's what we realized during the process we we don't need to do that we need to actually embrace what they have and what what their potential is we try to because we see a lot of things, we know what is good and what is not. We want to make this, like for example, we thinking me and Adina same. Uh, we also think like there is super. We have to play with um, um, a, the, the dynamic of movements, like very fast and then slow, and it's very interesting as a contemporary dance that we always uh, see, but. These kids already has their rhythm, and their rhythm is very, very slow because they always practice like that. Like they counted like one, two. So they never, they never have a very fast rhythm, and it's not, it's not in there. Even when they do fast, it's not them. Like they trying to to be something else. Um, and this is what we realize and. Also for us, it's sort of like a process to, to understanding someone, to understanding and to, to, to sort of connect and make a, a, a piece for what, based on the potential, not like trying to make something, something else. I think that's what I felt the yes. most. Yeah, I think that's, in a way, I think you've encapsulated um, the key. There's so much um, leaf blowing behind us. Um, 
the key to the process in lots of ways. I think, you know, when, when we all came into the project um, at the outset, it, it's true. I mean, you know, both the nature of the film itself and the incredible potential of the performers and this new collaboration, the dynamic um, of the collaboration and what it could um, create. You know, you sort of in some ways have a thousand ideas of what of what this thing could be. And, um, you know, and our process at first was to throw, you know, many, many ideas sort of at the table, um, partly as a way of um, just entering the process and uh, giving Camilla and Dayu a sense of our own instincts so that they could decipher and sift, you know, it's, it's because we were coming into into their space and their, and their world. Um, and throughout the process too, you know, there were so many times when... Um, the challenge was to, um, on the one hand, I suppose I'm speaking for the Australian team, but it, I think it's, it was like an experience of the, the whole um, group, which was about going, how can we bring ourselves as artists um, truthfully to this project, bring our skills to bear, but at the same time, absolutely um, be truthful to the energy and the rhythm of the piece, which is ultimately embodied by the kids and, and the rhythm of their choreography and their practice and actually looking at the work even though the choreography of course has developed over the past year and a half they actually are performing many of the same gestures they did in that very first rehearsal that we saw of theirs which was not their first rehearsal of course um it's just been deepened and deepened and there's been variations made and new material you know, suggested by Camilla and you know it, it, there's been you know there's, there's a lot that's grown but in a way it's deepened rather than expanded if that makes sense it's sort of um and so, yeah, it's about, it was about us coming, uh, yeah, coming very much to them. And, of course, there's many... Uh, it's interesting to, yeah, to bring up the idea of contemporary dance or contemporary performance um, because it is, in, in some ways, it is a piece of contemporary performance in that it's, um, it's kind of using the skills of contemporary artists to create a frame for the audience to watch it. But it's also, um, it's also something else. It also doesn't operate on, on the terms, well, I suppose, certainly not on the terms of an Australian contemporary artist, but, um, and, you know, possibly not, um, you know, uh, an Indonesian contemporary artist either, yeah. I think it's just also one of the things that we've been always discussing, like how much contemporary, how much traditional. Um, like, and that's still a question, I think, until now, yeah? We never actually answer that, like, how contemporary it is or how traditional it is. Um, in, in the beginning, we were, I think I was also a bit quite worried. Like, is it too traditional? Is it contemporary enough? That's a question like, that's always there. But, but I don't think we need to answer that anyway. No, and yeah. I also think, oh, sorry, I keep cutting you. No, no, no. I also think contemporary is, uh, I think, um, you know, it can often be seen as a style more so than the actual process or the content. It's like, should this look contemporary or should this reference other works that we know or operate in a mode that um, is, you know, based on things that we see now. But actually, I think maybe part of our question was going, does contemporary even matter? I think we sort of came in with this sense of that's maybe what we bring to bear, but who actually kind of who cares about that as well was it's, I don't know the answer to that, but it's a question as well. Anyway, sorry, yeah, that is sorry, actually what I wanted to say too, like are these even useful concepts yeah. to, to apply to, to these kind of works because there are many other works uh, that are being um, 
that have been created within the context of Asia Topa and and labels like um, yeah, like contemporary or traditional, what does that mean in, in the 21st century? I think that's also something that we can really ask ourselves. Maybe it's not so useful anymore. Um, I think we still have a little bit more time for some Q&A, so I just wanted to see if there are any questions from the crowd who have come out to join us for this conversation. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for coming. Thank you so much. It's been really insightful and really interesting to hear from both of you. Um, I was just wondering if you uh, were able to talk a little bit about what you could learn from each other as primarily theatre maker and filmmaker. Um, and yeah, I guess you've like spoken a bit about um, maybe the differences in context in terms of working in, um, in the Australian performing arts space and the um, Indonesian performing arts space and some of the opportunities and challenges that present themselves in that sort of collaboration. Thanks. What I really learned actually that art is really no boundaries. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that, that excites me to, to do this also, I mean, I, even when I make film, I, I don't really like to label things if I make fiction or documentary or drama or science fiction, I think it could be everything. Like, um, and that's what I do. I try to actually cut out the boundaries, the labels, um, how to define my work. But after I make this, I have, after I, even I see Adina, I told her, like, I can see a filmmaker in her. And I mean, I think everyone can, can make it. I can express in many ways they they want to, because um, I, I mean art is actually expressions and expressions is not limited by medium, and um, yeah I think that's what I learned the most um, uh, that we can yeah it's just borderless like expression is borderless. Um, and what's the other question? About the differences between um, ah. the performing arts space in, in Australia and in, in, in Indonesia. And the challenges and opportunities. Well, <laughs> one of the things is I was, I was like, I was studied here a um, long time ago. And this is actually the place where I watch a lot of performance, a lot of many kind of performance and films. This is the first time that I think uh, I want to make, make filmmakers because actually that was the first time I can access the world cinema. Uh, I don't have that in Indonesia. Um, I, I saw many things and that's what makes me, ah, oh, it's possible. Like, things are possible and that I think that's what's amazing from art, films and everything is that things are possible. Um, so, in Indonesia, um, theatre even even when possibilities a lot like everyone can make anything like because the industry is there is not maybe there's no industry it's very different kind of industry i don't know if i can call it industry or not um, but everyone actually open to to create many things but um, we have to support ourselves in everything like from A to Z. So we have to create from A to Z. So 
sometimes when you want to make something, it's just you really have to do it from the ground to to the out. Uh, and and when I when I see it compared to here, I mean, look at here now, like how many performance going on like in this minute? It's like a lot. So <laughs> and that's what's for me. It's been amazing, like. Um, seeing actually people um, can be very productive here from from this kind of thing is 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 amazing because in Indonesia it's not that there is not many performance there are performance but more into like traditional um, ceremonies uh, based not like artists you know, from the perspective of art. Um, so that's the difference that I also feel, learn from each other as well, like how to work, how to work, um, and actually I learned everything from zero in this in this space. So I got to know like where to do what and what to do when and how things have to work and how the whole team will work. Um, so it's it's a it's like a big thing for me. So, yeah, it's a it's a big question. I know we probably don't have that much time left, but just yeah, to say a few things. I mean, I I feel like I've learned a huge amount from Camilla and from the process. And um, part of that for me too um, was about the kind of fluidity that I I felt um, from a lot of the artists on board, from Camilla and Dayu, and also Ifa, the producer, the way that. Um, the medium that you work in is not the the boundary. It's not a category, and um, and actually, a lot of the uh, Indonesian work that's presented in Asia Topa, I think, speaks to that as well. And I think in an Australian context, we become very fixed in our roles sometimes, and fixed in our um, our mediums, and become a bit obsessed with categories. Um, and you know, I don't know. And I think there was something very freeing about being in a space like that. And I think another thing too, which I was thinking, we haven't really spoken about this, but I think there's something very particular about the kind of feminist space that um, Camilla and Dayu create, which is very um, resolved in its feminism and not angry. <laughs> and that was something as an Australian artist that I um, found very inspiring. I mean, it's it's a truly feminine space in... Um, in every regard, in its um, energy, in its process, in the fact that all of your daughters are just running through the space at any moment in time, to the work itself, um, and very particular moments in in the work that speak to that, and um, it's it's a very uh, it's not reactive. It is just to me, my perspective on it, it just feels like it's it's its own way, and you enter, and then that's how it that's how it works, and that's a very beautiful. Thing and for me, quite um, uh, has a very different energy and feeling to my experience of that here, or being a feminist artist here, and what that feels like. Um, so that, yeah, those that, and and then I think also just you know this. Um, I think for me, uh, a total a need to shift my thinking entirely as an artist in order to enter the project. Um, insofar as my um, so many of my references for performance. Um, are through a Western lens and a Eurocentric one. And, um, you know, yeah, to enter this space um, of Camilla's and the scene and the unseen was to uh, have to actually totally undo a whole lot of assumptions about um, 
what was uh, maybe even what worked and what didn't, what what read and what didn't. And as a dramaturg too, it's a very challenging thing. Um, how meaning was transferred? Um, to what extent did it matter if um, a Western audience could understand or not understand what's happening on stage? And these kind of quite fundamental questions um, about what. Um, what I was seeing and experiencing and how I was seeing and experiencing it and, and I think for me that I'll take that into the, into my work in the future a, a kind of um, uh, an openness that I, I maybe didn't actually know I didn't have before the project so thank you. It's a big, it's a big thing to have to re, um, reorientate your way of um, thinking um, in that way but a, a great experience to, to get to do of course, necessary, <laughs> essential. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank That's you good. for yeah. being my teacher as well, everyone of you. <laughs> well, I think on that note, uh, we've come to the end of this lunchtime talk. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you also the audience that was brave enough to, um, to come out <laughs> as well. Um, thanks a lot. And hopefully we'll see you all tomorrow. And um, please come to the show and uh, to see the result of this beautiful process. Thank you. Thank you, Sadia, as well. Thank you, Sadia. You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.